And now, your local forecast. Welcome back to The Forecast. I'm joined today by Chief Street and we've got Lukey J. Hi. Or Lobu. How would you like to be referred to? Maybe by my name today, I think. <laughs> Just Luke. <laughs> Just Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke. Uh, so we have Luke here. Luke is uh, head of Global League Records. And also my manager. And uh, does lots of cool things. You've just flown in from Ibiza. So we thought we'd get you straight. I, I didn't want to talk to you. I wanted to get you straight into the podcast. Didn't want to have a chat over the phone and catch up. I thought we could do it all here in the room together. So you're over the jet lag? Yes. I actually didn't have any coming back this way. It was oh, going... flex. It was going over. That was so really much. bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't there very long, so that's a bit... I, I was there for seven days. So like four of them were jet lagged. Oh. So, you know, it's Ibiza, so everything kind of kicks off at midnight. So it didn't matter? I was, well, I was getting up really early. So it did kind of matter because by midnight, I was absolutely toast. <laughs> so I'm like, see you guys, you go out, I'm just going to have a nap and go to bed. Well, I remember you were messaging me like the day you got there and you're like, I've got a panel to do right now and uh, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Um, that was a bit spontaneous. And um, look, podcast when you're jet lagged and haven't slept for 36 hours not the best experience but i think it went all right a bit scrambled, a bit scrambled. so that was ims right yeah yeah international music summit so as yeah. someone who has no idea what happens at one of those conferences or meetups can you explain to me what it's like um so everyone in the global electronic music space gathers so you've got labels publishers managers touring agents booking agents, venues, festivals, uh, tech companies. So mm -hmm. it might be, you know, um, everything from like your, your Beatports and your YouTubes to like emerging Web3, AI, all of that sort of stuff as well. And everyone kind of just hangs out together. Um, this year it was at Destino Pacha, uh, which has a nice pool overlooking the ocean. <laughs> so yeah. everyone has a beer and stands by a nice pool and looks over the ocean and talks about music stuff. So is it like more networking and you trying to meet all these people or are you kind of discussing as a group, like this is what we're, where the path is going, what we're trying to achieve, like what do you think of what we're doing, how are you doing things, or are you kind of just trying to shake hands and meet people and then go and make your connections through that? Yeah, it's a bit of everything. Like there's, um, there's lots of different tracks. So there's uh, an artist track. So there's a few artists that go there. There's the, um, this year they had the Point Blank Music School. Mm -hmm. So they have sessions in one area where you can go and learn about production, mixing, mastering, promotion, how to brand yourself, how to build yourself as an artist. Then there's like industry hot topics, I suppose, like um, publishing rights, songwriter royalties, you know, how people aren't getting paid enough, what people can do about it, all of that sort of stuff. And then there's also like emerging technology, people showcasing like we've made this cool AI thing that does this and this is how it works and you should all come and use it. And then there's also um, like a lot of the hardcore industry people will just, you get an app and you can, it's basically like Tinder for music, <laughs> music industry. You swipe left or right. You're like, I want to meet that guy. I want to meet that guy. I want to meet that girl. I want to really? meet that lady. Well, and then it will match you and then you go. Yeah. So if, you, time. if I want to meet you and you want to meet me, it says, hey, you've had a match with Chief Street and uh, click here to organize a time. And you say, hey, mate, want to meet by the pool for a beer at three. And oh, you're well, like, sounds good. Yeah, sure, mate. Anytime. Um, so like the hardcore people that are really there to make deals, yeah. they'll be like blocking their schedule up with six hours of meetings every 15, 30 minutes. You may talk, Nick. I've had an idea. 
Luke, let's swap spots so you don't have to turn your head. I say, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Because I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep hammering Luke with questions. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the corner like... Chief Street. Well, we said, we agreed that we would sit on the same side, but then the camera wasn't set up, so that's why I was here. And, and I had to run and get wrong. some hard drive. Well, but this is why we're having Luke on... Nick got his morning workout in. To, uh, Do you want your drink know? bottle? No, nah, it's all good. Oh, yeah. No. Nah, Jake. I think we got the same <laughs> same drink bottle here, just different design. Thirsty work. Oh, hashtag sponsored. The old Kmart. Surely. Oh, great. Now I've got to edit that out. Mine's, mine's, <laughs> the old ke- beep. <laughs> <laughs> mine's branded too, so I won't mention it. Didn't bring my drink bottle. <clears throat> uh, so where were we? Yeah, so what type of thing, what did you attend when you were there? Uh, a little bit of everything. So it depends on where you're at. So if you've got a bunch of meetings, you do the meetings. If you're... Um, don't have meetings, you might go sit in on a session and be like, oh, this is cool, learning about how to promote new artists, how to break new artists, etc. Or you just wander around and uh, eventually you'll bump into someone who's also wandering around with nothing to do and you'll be like, hey, how you going? Who are you meeting? And uh, have a bit of a chat. And you never, the thing at these things is like, especially this one in particular, is you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. So you might meet someone who's, you know, older or you might meet someone who's younger or you might meet someone who stereotypically doesn't look like someone who as at a certain level, I guess, in the industry. And I'm always mind blown by who is doing what. And some of the most unassuming people are often some of the most successful people. So you can't ever really judge a book by its cover or write anyone off when you mm. meet them. Um, Cause you never know what they might be doing. You know, fun fact, I met Luke at a music conference. Yeah. I wanted to find out yeah. your relationship and how it started well, I was actually on a panel at a music conference. It was an Australian one and it used to be really good because it was on the tail end of Stereosonic. So Stereosonic was a major festival in Australia for those listening in overseas. And I'd, I was playing at this festival and then what would happen is the, like the main stage acts would often go to this thing called EMC, Electronic Music Conference. And they'd be on a panel and it was a great opportunity for, you know, just general punters to be able to ask their idols, you know, questions about how you get started in the music industry and they'd tell their story. Luke was at this particular one, I think it was in Sydney. Yep. And uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Rachel, she messaged me. She's like, oh, uh, a friend of mine, Luke's going to be there. You should meet him. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I met this lovely lad and we just uh, we just hit it off straight away. Like we just, Luke was so cool and it was really interesting because Luke was on the other side. Like I was on the panel and Luke was the attendee and uh, we just hung out immediately after the event and, and literally, how many years later since, what was that? I think it was like 2013. I was just about to say, I was looking was at it an that old far poster. Back? Yeah, because like, I yeah, just got back years. from my, so um, my backpacking adventure. Wow. So ten, mm. And then we've just been thick as yeah. since. You bought me beers and that was it. Yeah. Happier ever after. So you, have you always been in the music realm or did it only start, you said you got back from a trip? Yeah. So like I had a uh, digital marketing web design business for 10, 12 years. Um, which I left in 2012, went and backpacked the world. Discovered yourself. <laughs> Discovered myself. Yeah. Uh, but I had done a, a music production course prior to that. So oh, that's right. You did SAE? Yeah. 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 SAE here in Adelaide and um, still got a lot of good mates from that experience as well that we still keep in touch with. Um, but yeah, I sort of traveled the world and I was making music. So I've got some real wacky sounds that I picked up from my adventures. Um, Pretty quickly learned that probably, you know, I think I was 32 at the time, that at that point, 
my music making ability probably wasn't going to take off as quickly as I had a thought <laughs> and thought, hmm, what if I combined my interest for music with my experience from business and marketing and stuff and that's kind of where my interest in the music industry as a side to being a musician um, evolved. And yeah, it just happened to be that, you know, he met Nick in 2013 and he was doing what he was doing for the next few years off doing Warp Tour in the States and flying in, flying out. Well, I think we caught up. Actually, you remember one of the very first times we caught up at your place. Um, locked us out. You locked us out of the house. Yeah. And we had to call Rach. <laughs> yeah. She was at work. She had to come home from work. Yeah, she, she had to like pull like sick leaves to, to drive oh, home. To the... rescue you. I was showing Nick some of my songs and we were working on That's one. Right. And we yeah. went out to get lunch and uh, we came back and he's like, oh, don't have the keys. <laughs> so I'm super OCD about things like phone, wallet, passport, keys. And hard drives. And hard drives. Okay, so in my defense, I've just moved house. I am so tired. I've, I've had three sleepless nights now because we have a very pissed off cat. Um, since moving, he's like, where am I? Mm. Why are all my things here? This is not my house. Doesn't smell like my house. So I'm going to meow all night in protest until you take me back <laughs> to the other house. So I'm really sleep deprived. So I forgot the hard drives today and I had to, we've moved literally within three, I think Google Maps says it's 300 meters away from the studio. It's three to 500 meters depending on which way around the block you go. So I'm short of breath because I ran to get these hard drives, which is a privilege. Yeah. Literally ran home. Anyway, I never forget keys. I actually had to call Rachel to let me into the house because I forgot my keys again. So when I'm really tired, I forget really important things. But yeah, that was, uh, that was fun because Luke was so lovely and, you know, most other people would be like, this guy's an idiot, a moron, and uh, probably wouldn't have hung out with me again. But yeah, we, we basically knew each other from making music together and it was great because we sort of had this baseline establishment of we really love music and we're passionate about it. And Luke has been a part of my journey through, you know, the major label deals, uh, you know, transitioning from one manager to another manager, the publishing deals that I've had. And what's been fascinating is that Luke and I, I think, we're obviously best mates, but Luke's just had this vested interest in my career and has just had my back the, the, the last 10 years. And I, I haven't had anyone other than my wife or, or, you know, your parents that has just genuinely wholeheartedly been supportive no matter what. And so naturally the progression was that, you know, we, we uh, founded Global League back in 2016 and that was kind of our vested interest in each other to do something in the music space together. But I've actually, as of this year, I'm, I'm stepping out as director and Luke is taking on full responsibility of the label because he has been killing it. Thanks, mate. Very proud of this bloke. The stuff that he's doing, like Global League was always intended to be global. I have... Definitely localized. And I've, I've got something that I, I want to read. I've, it's down by Luke. I'll read it a bit later though. We'll get to it later because I still want to find out more about Luke's trip. But I've got an interesting story about Luke and I and our manifestation. Everything that we've wanted to do, we've done. Good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important because the last few episodes, we've talked about, you know, we need to be around the right people, the right place, the right yeah. time. Luke and I have had big ideas and dreams and it's happening. Luke wanted to be a digital nomad, travel the world, meet cool people, do cool shit. And he's bloody doing it. I'm mm. so pumped for him. Like the next next stop is New York. Yep. And then ADE. I would love to go to Amsterdam for the music event, but uh, I just announced to the world uh, I'm expecting a baby girl. Yes. yes. About the same time as ADE. Don't know if it's the right Poor thing. Poor timing for travel. 
great timing for life. Oh yeah, I mean, I I think Rach would. Rach has already said like wholeheartedly she's she would support me to to do it. I just don't know if that's appropriate. So I might need to. We'll, we'll see how we go with that one. But Luke's traveling the world and taking the record label globally, and that's exactly what we intended. We wanted to get people from around the world, which we've done. I mean, predominantly most of the artists now. We would say it's fifty fifty. It was predominantly American, right? And then there was lots of Aussies, and it's probably about fifty fifty. I'd know. say we're probably leaning more. Since, especially since you started the studio, we're probably leaning more towards Australian Adelaide-based artists. That's probably because I've become so localized. Yeah, and now here with the the recording yeah, studio, people come in, use the studio, they learn about the label, they're like, cool. Yeah, it's a direct so, link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we needed to have the face of the brand out there, traveling and networking and, and making the deals happen. Because uh, as you know, an ongoing topic that we've we've spoken about is that it's all about who you know, really, mm-hmm. and you need to find the right people, and you can't really do that behind a, a screen of a phone. No, like obviously the pandemic helped with that, with video conferencing and whatnot. But one of the big things that everyone at these conferences talks about is how great it is to actually be able to go out and meet in person again, finally, um, without having to worry about getting sick and stuff. So that's been good. And going back to your original question about how Luke and I, you know, found common ground in the music industry, fun fact. So your partner, Hannah, I knew from way, way back when I was like late teens, early 20s. And Luke knew Rachel. Yeah, that's what I was just piecing together before. And that's a, yeah. that's a thing that's common in Adelaide for those tuning in from overseas. Adelaide is this small country town where everybody is like with three degrees separation. It's oh, crazy. yeah, you can always, what is like, there's like two people to link probably yeah. some, some way. Yeah. Mm. Which oh, is, you went to school with them. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in a traffic jam and you honk at someone, normally you end up <laughs> probably your at the destination <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, I did this actually on the weekend. We went to a, a one-year-old's birthday party. Living my best Huge. life. Huge. Huge. It was nuts. But anyway, we went to this park and as we're pulling into the car park, this elderly couple are just hesitating. Like just, I had to give way to them, but they were giving way to me. Like just get in the car park. Yeah, I hate that. And I look at them, like, what are you doing? It was the grandparents of the one-year-old. Yep. yep. Classic. You can't do that as you're pulling up to the park. I know, rookie oh, again, sleep deprivation, <laughs> moving house, the studio is being renovated. I like, I'm just, my threshold of tolerance yeah. is... Like, seriously, the cat is going up for sale. No. If he doesn't let me sleep tonight. Like you're I was on... going to say, in the colonel's defense, it's not the first time he's been shifted. I would have thought he'd be pretty used to it. <laughs> Loca- locations. Colonel. Without his permission. Well, the, okay, so the colonel, the, na- the reason the, the cat is called the colonel is not because we think we're high and mighty. It's because we found him as an abandoned stray kitten at KFC. <laughs> right? This flea-ridden... Just it looked. He looked like a rat. I remember Luke rocked up to our house, and he's like, "What is that?" And there's this small little rat. Like it's a cat. It's like, is it? I tell you what, though. In terms of glow ups, the, oh, yeah, no the colonel's had a big glow up. He is the most ma- after. He is yeah. so majestic now. Oh, was right. not, was not to start with. No. And the thing is, we were so love blind. We looked at this camera. Like, Isn't he just the cutest little kitten? No. He's like, Wah! yeah. Was not garbage cat. We had to leave that house. <laughs> he was the reason we had to leave that house. We, ringworm, fleas, like just bringing all the disease. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I shouldn't, shouldn't publicly acknowledge that we left the house <laughs> because of that. Anyway, the cat should be used to moving because uh, he lived on the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Transient, anyway, transient lifestyle. Luke and I have known each other now a long time, and and when I got out of all these deals, and you know, it's interesting because. I, again, I take, I've said this before, I take full responsibility for where my career's at. The great thing is that Luke has been a sounding board 
for every all the problems, like all the good things, all the bad things. Um, and we've learned so much. And, and the best part about that was that I could become almost like the, the test subject. So, okay, with Global League, we have an exclusive license agreement, not an exclusive artist agreement. And the difference being is that we sign the record, not the artist. And I was only ever signed as an artist. And while that is fantastic, there are definitely times and places where an artist should be signed to a record label. When my A&R left that label, I got forgotten. Yeah. That happens when I can't just walk down because when you're on the other side of the world, correct, and just say, "Hey guys, you know, like I'm here. I brought you a coffee. Like, let's 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 talk about my next single." When it's like, "Hey, do you want to schedule this meeting?" It's easy to just shaft you, really. Also, like you got to remember that was eight years ago, right? Yep. And it wasn't like we had the Instagrams and the things that we do now. Like, you, it wasn't just the flicker DM or flick an email type. That's correct. That's yeah. absolutely it was correct. Zooms it was Zooms ready yeah, to go. Yeah, it was different time. Yeah, you couldn't just FaceTime someone. Yeah, that's rough. And the personal relationships that I'd created all were based off the manager, Evan, that I started with. And Evan, um, for whatever reason, we, we couldn't contact him. And so they were hitting roadblocks. They were getting in touch with me. I didn't know where things were at. And so things just fell apart. And Luke has been a part of that whole journey. I was like, I'd call Luke. I'm like, oh, this, this is what's happening. Mm. And so I feel now the natural progression for Luke to be manager. I don't even like that term, mm. manager. I, I feel like... You are the... It's because you're unmanageable. <laughs> <laughs> this poor bloke has been asking me for a visualizer for Spotify Canvas for like two and a half weeks. Like, yeah. dude, can you make a seven second thing? I'm like, yes, I will do it. And honestly, I have tried. Each night I've gone to do it and something has just like... I'll blame the cat. I need like one of those... You know the how the... Now, not that this is what anyone should have, but you know those dog collars when they bark <laughs> and, it, and, and it zaps them? Yeah. Now, I would never recommend anyone has that because I think it's in... in not inhumane. inhumane for a dog in in dog animal cruelty animal cruelty. But Nick needs one of those. Yeah, I do. And every time he doesn't get back to me, I can just zap him and be I'll like, "Visualizer." Tell you what, though, I think though, everything I've done the last two weeks is to streamline my life. Like I have no more excuses. There's no travel delay. There's no like I I will be here all the time. So as of today, I hand the keys to the old place back after this episode, and I now live in <laughs> within three hundred meters of the studio. So when Luke's like, I need something. No excuses. And you're going to be here all the time. Like You're going to make a lot more appearances on this podcast, please. I'd just like to say that Chief has witnessed that and has the entire oh, world man. listening to this but, podcast. Absolutely. So, but uh, I think this could, this talking to the camera, I think this is an accountability test. I think having, w- one of the things I'm going to talk about with the, <laughs> oh, you. All right, great. I like it. What's the date today? We'll mark it in stone. Sign so, Sign it. 18th of May, Thursday. Nick is now going to be available and accountable at all times. Okay, so YouTube and Spotify, forgive me. This episode isn't going to be as edited as the other ones because I'm going to put it out tomorrow. All right. I fucking, well, I expect it to be out tomorrow. Account- accountability. Well, the first, first, first test. Here we go. So it's going to be a late one for Nico. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're going to be handing you know keys back at 8 p.m. Okay, look, let, let me just. I found this while I was uh, clearing out the garage. So in the garage, I had a shelf in the back corner and that was the emergency shelf. So if anything went wrong, like there was a fire emergency, go to that shelf, grab everything, run. Because of that, I just neglected it. Just don't even touch that shelf. I found something really important. Luke and I back in 2016 made this document and this document is something that we've somehow manifested not even knowingly. And it's like, it's a pretty, pretty, it's a pretty thick document. It It has everything from... What is our goal? What is our marketing strategy, business plan, everything? Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to summarize it instead of, you know, reading it word for word. It's a long document. It's a long document. I'm not going to say what the name 
of the document is because we may still do this. The funny thing is, is that as I talk about it, you realize we've already done it. So the goal was to provide an affordable first-class facility for startup artists and bedroom producers who want to be amongst like-minded creatives to share, explore, and grow with electronic music production community of Adelaide through education, collaboration, facilities with a keen focus on togetherness. Nice work. This was before chat GPT. So you know, we actually, <laughs> had, is, we actually had to write it. We actually had to write it. <laughs> so the idea was, it's, it's here in writing. We want to create two music studios for full-time use and hire. As a startup slash bedroom musician, it is often difficult to find and expensive to hire a professional studio and rarely they're set up specifically for electronic producers. And then, okay, we talk about how. So we called it something, something space, music studios, videography and photography area and a shared co-working area for what creators. What the? That's <laughs> yeah. literally where we are right now. So um, education, we have artist development, which is now our boardroom, which is providing regular seminars and events focused on electronic music production, such as mixing, mastering, composition from experts in each field. We endeavor to collectively raise the skill set and knowledge of local talent. Spot on. Uh, we talk about things like mental health uh, and mindfulness. That's pretty early to be this on is that 20, as well. 2016 we wrote this. Um, and we talk about co-working with a difference. So uh, lots of the facilities. In fact, we had Global League originally was down at the Tonsley Co-Had mm. where we would just clock in and out. Use the boardroom. Correct. Um, so we talked about that in this and we talked about how we needed to have something that was purpose-built that people could come. In terms of manifestation, I mean, it talks about, God, this goes on. Wow, we've literally done like potential business partners, future plans, potential locations. Like, we've also done all the expenses. We talked about revenue. Bet you they were inaccurate. Uh, no, they're actually... <laughs> well, they're, they're pretty accurate. The expenses are way, way over. Um, monthly revenue, pretty decent. Anyway, the reason I brought this out is that Matrix Recording Studio is, is effectively what this document is. And it's also interesting too, because going back to what Luke's been doing with all the travel... You really wanted to do that, where I had been doing that and I was actually pulling away. I was like, no, actually, I don't, I, I love the destinations of where travel takes me, but I hate traveling. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm going to, I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah. having just done 60 plus hours of travel in yeah. the space of seven, 10 days or whatever it was, takes it out of you. And then, you know, DJs are doing this all the time. Absolutely. It's, they're not doing, um, 36-hour flights, 30-hour-plus flights. No, you normally regularly. stay there. It's normally a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there. Yeah. Uh, maybe 8, 9, 10. But like, yeah, going to uh, Europe from Adelaide and back in the space of 11 days, 10 days is a, is a hard one. But um, yeah, I can see why you'd get tired of that being based in Adelaide. Well, I, I, uh, I need to correct myself from episode one where I said that Adelaide doesn't have an international <laughs> airport. We have a terminal that's international and I've since spoken to Trent Vine, one of our artists, and he, he works at Flight Centre, so he knows. He's like, yeah, currently it only services like four international airports. What would be really cool is one day, I think eventually we'll just be able to jump on a plane here from Adelaide and go direct to LA. I don't know if that's a thing yet. No, nah, it's not a thing. But, but it's only an hour to Sydney and then you're straight there. Yeah, I know. It's just the... The connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're good though. You only take carry-on where I always pack everything important in the You only room. take carry-on? Yeah. Even this for like guy longer is, trips? Mm. Luke's amazing at what he takes. I only had seven kilos of luggage for my entire six-month trip around backpacking. Okay, wait. What about the one where you just went to Europe for… I had a case for that. Yeah, because okay. that was for 
Oh, but what, that was five months. Five months, yeah. yeah. You away for ages. But what if you go for two weeks? That's yeah. just carry on. And you yeah. didn't take a laptop or an iPad or anything. Not the last trip. And yeah, you didn't. That was fine. Yeah, ninety percent of what I can like emails and you know messaging, disco links or SoundCloud links to people, all that stuff you can do on your phone. So I don't really need a laptop. Like mm. I mainly use my laptop if I'm producing or if I'm doing heaps of data entry, mm-hmm. which is you know the fun part of running a label. Yeah. Which None of us really realized oh, it's been, it's, the case when we started. It's been yeah. fun. We, we, we had effectively uh, this we'll say, quote unquote intern that would, was really interested in, in being part of the label because I think people see like the romantic, awesome side of things like, oh, it's so cool. You're going to like meet all these artists and do all this yeah. cool stuff, whatever. And we gave this person a laptop. I said, this has got all the workings of the label and we'd like you to do data entry. And like, yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, then, yeah, I think a couple of weeks later, wasn't for them. Um, <laughs> no. it, it, like, it is. And that is, you know, part of the, the discussions at IMS and stuff like that is just about how much data there is in the music industry. Like metadata, publishers, writers, mm-hmm. splits, agreements, you know, terms. Yeah. Like it's just so much stuff. Even just releasing a track, you've got UPCs, ISRCs, ISWCs. Like it's just... It takes a long time Would to Would you like to explain what, what that is? What an ISRC is code. Yeah, so right? your, right? your ISRC is your international standard recording code for a track. So every track has a specific one. Even if you're releasing a remix or a cover mm-hmm. of a particular track, it has a new ISRC. It's to do with the master recording. Each new master recording has its own code. Can so, I ask you a question? So say I'm, I create a track and then I send it out and then I sign it with you and you put the code on the track. Mm-hmm. The old version... I sent around that won't get recognized. Will no. it? Well, there's the yeah. I can Luke will have a second opinion to this. The first one is no. Yeah. Luke will say yes. No, as a mastering engineer, I encode. Yeah, you put that. It's data a dinner setting, so it's inaudible. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So we can put in uh, yeah. the metadata, yeah. the code. Luke, on the other hand, though, would know about the. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. I don't know the the technicalities behind it, but I know that you can also distribute a track without embedding it. And you mm-hmm. put the ISR, ISRC code in the metadata, mm-hmm. and it associates it with it that way as well. Yeah, so, like when you do, when you're using Shazam and stuff, it picks it up based off of all of that stuff. So, we should interject with a fun fact: as a label, we now Shazam our demos. Yeah, because we've had a few submissions that we've put out. What, just straight up ribs. Yeah, there was one particular one. Particular Jeez, one. Come on, people. But that was a long time ago, but that was just. Blatantly, like early a, days. I think it was pitched up two tones. Yeah, it was uh, one one semitone. It was like, it was one, yeah, like, oh, you're more musical than I am. It was like G to G sharp. Or and something. we we were <laughs> devastated <laughs> because we we have a contract that says you know yeah. you are transferring copyright of the master recording. So now so, you, you own it, correct? So we don't own it, but we have control over it. Yeah, control okay. it. We've put it. Are you accountable? And and then this YouTube comment within the first couple of hours of being uploaded was like this this song is someone else's. Oh my god! How could you guys do this? How could you put this record out? And we, Luke and I, were like, "Oh my!" And we were in uh, Melbourne, I think. Yeah, we were, yeah. And we stopped everything, and we were just like calling distributor, getting on computers, and we we're like, "No, nah, we're taking this track down." Reached out to the artist. The artist was just like, "Oh, um, I sent it to a bunch of people. Someone must have stolen it." Yeah, someone must have stolen my song. <laughs> and then we looked up. The song had been released two years prior, and we, we said to this guy, "Like, okay, how could this possibly happen? If this song's already been released two years ago, how could they have released your your song?" Oh, the stems must have been leaked, and uh, my producer buddy that that kind of made it for me uh, 
I know, it just got more I think I think the trouble that we have with the industry today with Splice and other mm-hmm. platforms where you can download melodic progressions, stems, yeah. loops, whatever. Yeah. People can buy these packs that will have a particular melody. They'll buy packs that have a particular bass line and they're just drag and dropping them into Ableton. And it's very easy for two people to just drag the same collection of sounds into a project. And if they're not being creative with it and creating their own stuff, um, it's going to be possible. What are your thoughts, Chief, on that? Well, I think Splice is a tool and I love using it. I like, love you Splice. You've got to be careful. You've got to make sure that like the way you use the sample, like you said, you've got to make it yours. You've got to make it unique. What you put around it is very important. But I also, I like using those samples. I've created songs that the verses or like whenever you get a vocal, like it's around based around that melody. It really facilitates the creation of a track. You can start something like instantly without sitting there and being like and like going through all these Sorry, crazy, like, like what? going through all these sounds and just I, I like it but you do have to be a bit careful but I also don't really have an issue with it there's a track um, it's like major tracks on radio that use splice samples yeah, so totally. well if they can do it then why well, can't I, I, I but I don't agree sorry that you should just drop you know baseline drop like well, that's what bass doing. drops and be like oh, okay because yeah. basically at that point you're just like piecing together a puzzle of samples yeah got another question for you and the audience I don't know if you guys listen to mainstream radio I've been listening to a lot of it recently uh, either the trades have had the radio cranked next mm. door while whatever or we've been traveling moving house and they've been blasting old records that I loved and they've redone they've, they've taken the instrumental and they've put these really bad top line vocals like if I I feel like there was a huge opportunity for someone to do something really cool <laughs> just oh. hit a <laughs> oh, sorry I went like this <laughs> so I tried for those listening it's a bit uh, cold in here try not to you, you... are you cold I am I mean no, I'm just I... saying Chief's got a bit of a, a runny I'm, nose I'm from fine. the, the, the chill sorry for those listening that have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> Chief's just trying to blow his nose into the microphone um <laughs> So anyway, there's all these old school records that we love and people are redistributing them with a new top line vocal. And it's my, called the David Getter effect. Well, well I don't know. David David Getter did what, uh, what was it? I'm Blue, Blue with mm-hmm. BB Rexa. And it's so catchy. I like, I have, I'm good. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. That one, right? Now, I know BB. She is a really, really awesome person. I uh, did Warp Tour with her back in 2015. Mm. She's an incredible vocalist. I thought the songwriting was very direct, like accurate at the, let's just make this basic and we can sing along. Yeah. Where I'm like, this is such but a that's what, that's what That's the thing, right? And this is the argument we have with producers at the label all the time is you've got your technical producers who are like, this is technically, you know, unique yeah. and brilliant yeah. and whatever. And then you've got, this is going to have 20,000 people at a festival in America waving their arms mm. in the air, vibing because mm. it's simple and it's repetitive and it's familiar and they can sing it and they, rem- they remember it. Simple's great. I stress it so much. I get artists that come into rap or whatever and they're like trying to just flex the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> you will have more um, response if you just repeat the same thing three times and then on the fourth, make it different and do that. There's a formula. It's not that. And I enjoy those songs more because like you said, you can follow them easy. Like people aren't, 
really going to connect as much with how you tweaked your synths compared to just like a really nice melody with a simple song, uh, tone. You and I know a producer uh, that could have done much more had they not tuned a drum kick for 16 days. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like you get caught up and then the more you listen to it, you're always going to find these imperfections. You're better off just not trying to churn things out quickly and make like suffer on quality, but you got to push the ideas out. Simple's good. So I don't use the, the the kick drum that you hear in the final master. It's not the kick drum I start with. So I just pull in. I've just got a standard kick that I yep. always pull into everything. It's a real kick drum. It's not a it's not a like tuned or dance kick. I'm like, that'll do. Uh, kind of stole that from my idol dead mouse. Apparently that's what he does. He just has like a bunch of kicks. He's like, whatever. It's like a placeholder. That'll do. Get the idea out. When do, then, you, when do you change that though? Usually in the mix down. Right, right at the end. Yeah, so it becomes very objective. Because I find like I'll usually get the, the, the bones out and then once I'm like happy with the idea, I'm like, okay, now I need to make sure I change all my drum sounds to make sure that they all fit. I guess it's genre depends on the genre too. I think you're right. If I've got a progressive like house track or electro house track, the kick is definitely very, very important. Yeah. And so I might probably get that sooner than the mix. But uh, for instance, a dubstep track, I, I wouldn't really care much about the kick until the very end. Okay. Um, only because I probably got sick of it by the end of the track and I need to make it sound better. Yours though, you've got an 808, which is just, you know, 80% of the track. Yeah. So if you neglected to spend any time on that, it would yeah, sound pretty yeah. awful. Well, I pretty much get, like I said, the skeleton down. And then if I think, like there might be something here. I'll go to the drums. It goes to splice. Yeah, go to splice. <laughs> I love that you just reduced Chief's music to 20% of the song. Yeah, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%
Can I ask a question? There's some songs on Spotify that I just don't feel really represent me as an artist. Do you think we should take them down? No. You reckon keep everything up? Yeah. They're probably buried as, right? Anyway. You never you never know who's going to vibe with a track, right? You, you've There was a, a time and a place where you felt passionate about these tracks. Okay. Yeah, and, fair. you know, you wouldn't have released them if you didn't. That's very And just cool. because they may be not necessarily the direction you're going now or the vibe you want to create now doesn't mean that there's not someone out there who's going to hear them mm. and it's going to connect with them on a particular level and they're going to vibe it and play it and stream it. You never know. Okay. And also, you never know when it's going to come back around. Yeah. Like, you know that, uh, you know, Stranger Things, uh, Running Up That Hill by, I can't remember. Kate Bush. Yeah. What if she took that down? Yeah. You okay. know who? Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. might just come up out of nowhere. Plenty of old songs yeah. have this weird resurgence. Might land a sink and blow up. That's very true. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm glad we had What that harm is it doing by living there anyway? Uh, I guess it comes down to consolidation. So I, I sometimes get trapped in wondering what people think of me, which is impossible. Like we can't ever identify the perception someone else has of you. You just can't. It's just not a thing. But I sometimes get trapped in my thoughts that if someone was viewing, you know, the, it's like the elevator pitch. Mm. In the limited time that they spent on on that platform, on YouTube or on Spotify, which are the two main ones, what would they identify me being as? And and I think it's probably just something that I'm struggling with as an artist right now. Is I don't know. So when you list off, you know, your, your major acts that are doing great things, you can pretty clearly summarize that artist is this type of DJ or this type of producer. Uh, we, we talked in other episodes about how I've, I've moved on from the launch pad. It will make a resurgence when I'm, truly passionate about it again because I've had this really cool idea of incorporating it into the podcast. But at this point in time, I am now this music producer of what genre? Electronic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, working with vocalists and pop singers as well has really, um, I've done a lot of sort of research into this as well, right? It's very rare you go, like a lot of people will, if they're like a super fan of an artist, go to their Spotify page and play all of an artist's tracks from start to finish. You know, Spotify organizes it by most popular. You know, you've got your most popular five or 10 at the top, whatever. So if a track isn't one of your most popular ones anyway, it's not going to be appearing in that top one. So they've got mm. to like go right into singles mm. and EPs mm. and go right through your library, which I don't it's think actually, a lot of people do, right? It's not great. I've tried that before. I'll be like, I'm trying to find this person's song. I've never, I don't know what album exists on. I open up their top five songs. Or it's not even there. I'm like, how do I find this song that I've heard on? And then you do shuffle play or whatever and you end up hearing six different remixes of the same track. Yeah. And you're like, I've done listening to this track. I don't need to hear all six in a row. It's not I great. did that last night. I was doing a workout and I put an artist on and got in their remix loop somehow and I just had the same song five yeah. times so like I think we put a lot of effort into like oh but it's going to be on my Spotify or you know if you're a, a vocalist and you've got your own pop situation going on and you feature on say a hard dance track you're like oh, I don't want that on my Spotify because yeah people going to listen to my pop stuff don't want a 3am massive kick drum banger coming through but how many people are doing that anyway you know you can look at your Spotify stats and see What's algorithmic? What's user playlist? How much is actually being streamed from your library? And unless you've got a real solid fan base that is playing, going to your particular profile on Spotify and streaming all of your tracks through your profile, they're probably listening to your songs on their own playlist. They've probably created their own mm. playlist of their favorite tracks. They might even be listening to your playlist. Yeah, that's important that we make our own. Which is why as an artist, you might write, this is my playlist. This is the songs I want you to listen to. Right. 
pump these ones. Mm. These are my best ones, you know. You used to make albums the best of. Now it's playlists. Now it's playlists. So I think there's going to be less and less emphasis on what is and isn't showing on your profile. And, and sometimes, you know, if you actually go to an artist, like if you, I remember back in the day, I went to like Afrojack's YouTube channel when he was like, you know, 2012 massive era Afrojack. And I remember going back to, and even, even Navici, you go back to some of the early stuff, very melodic, but very basic. You know, um, the old Avicii track, Penguin, which I think became one of his big ones. They put a vocal over the top of it, but it was an instrumental before that. Um, it was called Penguin. And it got, you know, decent amount of views, but it wasn't top shelf Avicii at that time until it had the vocal on it. And same with Afrojack. Some of those early tracks, you listen and you're like, you can tell that there's talent there. You can tell that these people were going to become who they became but they were nowhere near the quality of the stuff they were putting out at that time. And it just goes to show that you can't be like, oh, I don't want that track on my profile now because it's not representative of what I am now. It's all part of the journey. Yeah. And your fans are your fans because they probably heard you back then and they want to continue on the journey with you. So yeah, it's with these throwback tracks, yeah, I can see where that concern comes up and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But people are your fans for a reason and they're going to love what you put out. Most of the time. I've got some music that lives on SoundCloud and a couple on Spotify that are from like the early days. And I felt the same about it where you, where I'm like, well, do these need to live here anymore? I, mean, I don't like the production on them anymore, but I find it, it kind of gives the growth. What's well, yeah, the same growth. with this podcast? I feel like I'm hope, hoping that we don't have to really edit it much because it is authentic. It's just, just Chief blowing his nose. Just Chief blowing his nose into the <laughs> microphone and, and sort of the, the quality of this will, will keep getting bigger and better and better and better and better. But I think it's nice for people to see the journey. You know, we, we started off with different mics. We started with different lighting. and Different uh, cameras. Different cameras. And, you know, next door we're building the next iteration of what will eventually be. This won't necessarily be a podcast anymore. It'll just be a, a TV show because I want to make face in a big way back on YouTube and have that engagement. Oh, talking about accountability. I keep saying in every episode, like comment on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. I haven't responded to anyone's comments. Can we do that after? You can. No, no. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking you and I, because it's generally... <laughs> Mate, it's your channel. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, we can, we can we, do that. We can jump in and just thank a few people for comments. Because uh, we, we do appreciate it. We, we have been seeing it. Just life's been hectic. Yeah, well, like Luke said earlier, I'm like, well, yeah, it, it, you've, been, you've been very busy. Self-inflicted, but rightfully so, you've been very, very busy. I think I messaged you last night being like, I hope you've been able to breathe. Um, yeah. By the yeah. way, here's some notes for tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't been posting about the, the episodes we've been putting out. It's been mental, but I think it was a, it was a good move to get renovations done here because we had to close shop regardless. So while the studio has been shut, may as well move house. But now he's now he's scratching oh his God. beard into the microphone. Dude, this guy. Do you want me to just leave? Amateur, amateur, <laughs> what an hour. amateur. At least I, when <laughs> I was We're editing, supposed to be ganging up on him. When not, I, not, I don't like this. When I was editing uh, the last episode, Miles kept clearing his throat, mm. and that's fine. You do what you got to do. Just don't do it into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mate, just swing it away. Uh, right. um, oh, this guy. Yep. Enjoy that on your drive home, listening in. Luke, yes, you had something for Nick. Case it's you know we're in winter here now, 
<laughs> so one. Oh no oh, way! Cool. So oh, that's awesome. Luke's just pulled out a uh, umbrella with Ultra Records branding on it. <laughs> so Ultra sponsors are. They no have shit. these umbrellas at pretty much every dance music event. Is it bad luck to open an umbrella indoors? Yes. Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm not going to open it all it, the way. I'm just going to... Oh, it looks cute. Oh, that's So wicked. basically, like, at ADE, it's a bit more useful than uh, Ibiza because it rains a lot more there um, oh, in October in Amsterdam. Awesome. But they have these big uh, buckets of ultra umbrellas and you can grab one and be safe from the rain. I really want carry on. Oh, I figure it's good to have at the studio for those they also bun, yeah. bun me runs. Very, I love it. Good stuff, Ultra. Good stuff, Luke. That's wicked. I, that's going to look great in the kitchen. Like, oh, do you need an umbrella? Here's one from uh, Ultra Records. Just bring it back. Um, they also make beach balls and at um, Winter Music Conference in Miami, one of the pool parties that Ultra mm. threw. I was meant to play, but none of my gear works. We took this massive don't, flight. Coming. Don't maintain eye contact while he does that. <laughs> I was just trying to, I was trying just to like, look away. The, look away. Like, trying to put the cover back on this umbrella. <laughs> you guys are so immature. <laughs> I had beach balls and I tried to bring one home and I couldn't because it popped in the luggage. You could have done it in a different location. <laughs> you put the umbrella case back on. You show us how it's done. How do you put, <laughs> you put an umbrella case Let's on? Let's all go around the table and show each other how we put the umbrella. <laughs> Definitely doing it over here. <laughs> oh, boy. How, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 29. 43 next month. Oh, that's the other thing. We should have we should have told the live audience like, there you go, nicely done, well done, thank you. Your years of experience have shown us how to put an umbrella away. <laughs> Luke just doesn't age. He's like Benjamin Button. Somehow mm. he he seemingly gets younger each year. Like, it's yeah. What's the secret, mate? It's not What's true. Uh, sunscreen and stress. I think they're my, they're my two keys. You should listen to a podcast by Dr. David Sinclair. They're talking about how they can now reverse age cells. Which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, I keep getting guys in my TikTok telling me to fast for 36 hours to like regenerate your cellular structure. Yeah. But then they also say consult your doctor and do your own research. So. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, Yet to be research. Hermesis. So we're talking about getting the body into a... Essentially, we've, we've become too comfortable because when uh, back in like caveman days, mm -hmm. if you had to go out and hunt and eat whatever, your body's like, oh, we're eating, things are good, I'm warm, I'm happy, whatever, and it would store fat. Nowadays, because we eat all the time and whatever, we're, we're storing too much and, you know, talking about diabetes and lifestyle choices, whatnot. But uh, effectively, we're aging ourselves because we're uh, too comfortable. Mm. Where when the body is under some sort of pressure, you know, pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> Dad joke. And if we... Uh, Nick's going to live till he's 150. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so stressed all the time. <laughs> so, you know, it's actually good for us to be under... Pressure. We're not talking about stress. We don't want to have lots of high level stress because uh, high levels of cortisol, not good. But you need to be out doing stuff. You need to be out doing stuff. The, the thing that interests me about Luke is that his this podcast talks about chronological age and biological age, and I actually think that Luke has a uh, biological age that is much younger than his chronological age, and it's to do with lifestyle, but it's also to do with the, the way that Luke is able to remain calm. So Luke does get stressed, but not to the point that he's giving himself cancer because he is internalizing and breaking down and whatever. So Luke manages to keep a really nice baseline, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, you go for beach walks and you meditate and... Yeah, I think meditation's important. You seem to have a very good mental health awareness. Yes. Yeah. I think you 
as you get older, you have a lot of more life experience and you get to points where you're like, does this matter? Does this not matter? Mm. Is this as stressful as I think it is? And don't get me wrong, I've had a lot of stress. Mm, you um, definitely have, yeah. You know, I had a melanoma in 2012 as well. So there was a time where I stressed myself whether, mm. the, whether the melanoma and the stress was related, yet to be well, uh, Michael, confirmed. You, you were leaving your, uh, your last business. Yeah. Things hadn't gone to plan. Yeah. There was a lot of things weighing on your shoulders. Yep. And, you know, we all have cancer cells, uh, but our immune system usually knocks them out. And, you know, I was, I was having coffee for breakfast. I was having pies and iced coffees for lunch. I was having KFC for dinner every night. So I wasn't having the most nutritious uh, lifestyle. Very stressed. Whether all that stuff was connected, I don't know. But it was definitely from then that my mindfulness and my not stressing about things began um, because the doctor at the time was like, your immune system was compromised. Yep. You're too stressed. You haven't been eating well. You haven't been looking after yourself. And that was a real turning point for me because I was like, shit, like 32 at the time. Yeah, I caught it early. Mm. Everything was fine. Um, but it, I could have not caught it. Mm. And that could have been very bad. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, from then on, don't stress. Yeah, my mum's had cancer twice and I, I can definitely, well, not the first round, I was too young, uh, but the second round, you can definitely mm. identify it like the peak of stress that then resulted in just, yeah, complete immune failure. Yep. So, yeah, that's a takeaway for the audience. Don't be stressed. Try not to be stressed. I mean, Easier said than done. I'm trying to think. I think I've been around you guys for, what, about a year and a half now? Yeah. And Luke has always been like the rock. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that is what you need in a your manager. De- your demeanor <laughs> is always just like so straight. You're down to the point. You don't get shook. Um, I thought you meant I was a Hollywood superstar. Yeah, you're ripped and so on. <laughs> nah, um, like David Guetta, ripped, mate. But yeah, and your your outlook is always very positive. And yeah, I think it's something that I look at and strive to wish that I could be like that because I get shook so easily. I'm so impatient. I think the tiniest things are the biggest deal. And I think that, yeah, I'd like to be more like you. I you mean, should- it does also make you very funny. Me. Oh, yeah. dude, you're hilarious. Yeah, not intentionally, but you're laughing at me, not with me. <laughs> you walk in, you just having the worst day. See, that's got to change. I went to a a um a course yesterday, actually, that was about resilience, and it really hit hard. To be honest, um, the guy, the presenter, just went through. He opened up quite a lot, which I didn't expect from this course. I only got plugged into it the day before. They're like, "We got a free spot." I was like, "All right, whatever, I'll go." I had no idea what to expect. He started telling us all his issues, like issues, sorry, his problems that he's experienced throughout his life. I'm like, dude, what am I complaining about? Yeah. Like, really, why am I worried about these tiny things where, you know, all, I've been so blessed to have really fortunate life where I haven't had to go on through all these traumatic things, you know. 100%. How lucky am I? Well, okay, so one of the things I've been doing, sorry, I've got to clear my throat. Hang on. <clears> throat> That's better. Uh, one of the things I've been doing is just of late the last couple of weeks is expressing gratitude every morning yep. and uh, often at night before I go to bed because it puts me into a much better headspace. It, it's so funny when you zoom out, right, and you get – I get trapped in my own head all the time and that's why I love this podcast. It's, a, it's a, a vehicle for me to get out of getting caught in the brain. When I zoom out, I'm like, I have nothing to complain about and mm. I'm not trying to flex, I'm not trying to brag – I'm trying to talk to my subconscious because my subconscious doesn't listen to anybody else but my conscious mind. And what I'm realizing more and more as I get older 
is that the conscious mind is constantly telling the subconscious where we're at. And you can lie to it. You can. And, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini tomorrow and then you do it. But that's not how it works. But when you have negative self-talk or when you're like, oh, I just feel like crap or, you know, oh, my life sucks and this is this, your body resonates with that frequency, that energy. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a hippie and get all weird, but it's a thing. What I've been doing is I've going, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, my wife is, is, is happy and healthy. My son is happy and healthy. The business is going through a massive transition right now and I'm so in over my head, but I'm fucking going for it. Yeah. Like, bring it on. What a privilege to be in that position even to do that. Uh, my friends are happy and healthy, right? We're doing cool stuff. Even this podcast is such a privilege to be able to do this with you guys. Like, it's kick-ass. Like, it, I feel like it's given my life as an, and, and my artistry more purpose and meaning. Um, everything's good. Even moving house, you know, like that's one of the most stressful things you can do as an adult. And uh, it's been great. Throughout heaps of crap we didn't need. It's been a nice cleanse, reset. I'm now in walking distance to the studio. Expressing all this gratitude has just made every day feel awesome. And, and you get quite granular. You start thinking like, I love that smell of rain. I love the fact that it's sunny right now and that I can feel it on my skin. Like things, you just realize that we're so privileged. But what really was the driving force for this is I've got a friend who has stage four cancer and the doctors basically said, this is, this is the time frame, and uh, stay positive. Like there's things that we, we might be able to do. You got to stay positive. And this, this person is just a fighter. Like I'm not actually worried about this person. I, I feel like he's going to be all right. But that, that is a problem. Mm. That is a fucking problem. <laughs> like, yeah. And I would love to encourage more people that need to zoom out and just look at things a little differently because and, and you know everybody has different circumstances, but I am definitely one that can get trapped in this like tunnel vision of I'm in the pits, but you're not. And you know we're so privileged that we're not in a war right now. We have electricity. We've got really good drinking water. Like we are in the top, I think, three percent or something. Maybe one percent. I don't know. The the fact that the lives that we live, that we're so blessed to be, and the fact he, I asked Gary V. I think he loves this stat. The fact that we're a human. I think it's Gary V. He's like getting deep. One in four billion chance of actually yeah. existing. I mean, yeah. you could have been an ant. Like that would have sucked. Like the fact that you are the most intellectual being that we know that exists currently, and anything that you want to ch- achieve in this life, give or take circumstances, you can do it. Yes, we're all very fortunate. When I rock up here, <laughs> 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 okay. all right, Box that's a wrap. Thank you. No, like it's good to get that deep. I think you know it's like oh look, I'm a, appreciation oh, around I, the I, table. I'm Joe Rogan, watch out. I'm yeah. a deep person. <laughs> Forecast is coming. Yeah. Maybe bring out my very obscure source, Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, am I wrong? Is it Gary V? No, yeah, he, he quotes that a lot. Yeah. I can't remember what the number is, but yeah, it's like a true. And I think that you know, getting back to the the whole stressing part, like. <laughs> traveling is a very good way to make you realize how fortunate you are as well you know you see that other countries even you know first world european countries are doing it tough yeah. you know even the uk at the moment pretty tough for a lot of people living there with the energy crisis um yeah we're very fortunate <laughs> i'm not saying anything you guys just laugh at me every time but get you know, getting back to like Nick's manifestation document of earlier, um, he's obviously embraced that to the full extent and even then some. But if you're wanting to achieve things and you're wanting to do stuff with your music, with your career, you might as well be positive because you're going to get oh, knocked yeah. back so many times. You're going to have so many no's. You're going to have such a hard time trying to promote your stuff. 
that you might as well have a positive mindset about it and be like, oh. Interesting that it's not unique. I think all the roadblocks that I've come across are consistent across the board and it's not even just our industry. I think I haven't worked in a, I guess, a normal job. Uh, yep. Careful how I say this, but I haven't, I haven't been employed. Um, I've always been self-employed, which is a very steep learning curve. You, Unemployable. You, <laughs> oh, well, okay. Unmanageable. Unemployable. <laughs> this is why the headspace can sometimes get a little bit, uh-oh, when things get tight because uh, I think most of my stress is financial and that's to do with the fact that I'm not financially illiterate. I'm, I'm going to be, but it's it's generally like what needs to happen? How much does that cost? Let's throw that. Oh, quiet month. The business is going to like suffer because of that. What do we do? Freak out. And, and the thing is, is, I'm unmanageable and unemployable. So if, for instance, God forbid, anything happened to the business, what would I do? And I don't need to worry about that. I just need to stay positive and push forward because thinking backwards does not achieve anything. Exactly. Yeah. Not even worth thinking about. It's not. And I've learned that now after eight years of freaking out. Well, I'm on, not on the other side, but, you know, I'm, I'm rocking two jobs in a way. Like I've got all this music stuff that I'm trying to do, but then I've also got my day job. And it's tough as an artist because, like, you get drained by the end of the days. Yeah. Like, to finish a full day of work and then be like, okay, I got dinner to take care of. I got this to do. And do I have, I got two hours tonight. Do I want to jump on COD for an hour and then scroll TikTok for an hour? Or do I want to try and find this energy within me and open up Ableton? Yeah. And as I've gotten older, it's been harder to do that. But I also feel like I'm kind of stuck to my job a bit as well because I like having that income yeah. and like it's so important to have money. And you need it for your artist's in. career as well. Yeah. You, well, know? I, you need it for ads, you need it for promo, you need it for photos, you need it for all sorts of stuff, flights if you're doing that. Yeah, um, you've got to invest back into so yourself. So just a balance. And I think what you're doing as well with having like one day a week where you're like music this day. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to do it because you wake up that day and you're pumped to just make the most of the day whether if you're trying to do it at night time for a couple of hours, it's hard. Yeah, I feel so Absolutely. fortunate. I've been able to work either early on. It was casual work, and then I went to full time for six months. I was like, nope. And then that was terrible. I was working like the aquatic center where it was like four a.m. Uh, five a.m. starts. Yeah, Is terrible. That right? Yeah, dude, it sucks so much. Yep. Um, and that made me realize like I only did a six month contract to just help them out, and I was like, nah, it's not good. I don't like this. So I, then I went to part time where I was doing three days a week, and that was like the best. But as I got older. And COVID here, I was like, well, I'm just sitting here doing nothing on my days off. Because like the music industry obviously like tanked for a bit. And then mm -hmm. no, everyone was trying to figure out what are we going to do? What are we doing now? Like content wasn't what it is now. I couldn't just be, I wasn't on the forefront of it being like, I'm going to start pushing live streams and clips. So I was kind of just sitting there twiddling my thumbs being like, well, what am I doing? And then I realized I wasn't really doing much on those two days off. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pick up another day at work. And that's where I'm at now, four days a week, one day off. That's awesome. Weekends. And that one day off, you come here? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I'm excited. Like you said, I'm excited to like, you know, coming here in the morning was, it was easier waking up today than it was yesterday and going to the city for work, you know, like it's awesome. a, it was Love awesome that. to come here. And I think, I think eventually, not I think, I know this, the, the business model is, is that you will transition into this full time, whether it's as Chief Street, the artist or a, the, the engineer that works at Matrix or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great for everybody to come along for that journey. And it's early days for everyone. I'm, like I said before, like earlier, I'm totally in over my head. Mm. Uh, I'm in the deep end, loving it. Absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, I work full-time for other people uh, here. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in kind of the same boat. I'm, I'd like to get one day a week that's just for M4 Sonic. We'll get there. Yeah. If everyone can uh, blow up Chief Street's new song, Hibachi, in yeah, a week's Hibachi's time. Yeah, Hibachi's out. Congratulations and, uh, on the release, man. Next, uh, next week. Next week it's out. Oh, next what's, Thursday, what's the song you just dropped that I haven't listened no. to? Uh, what, Fit In? That was before. This is the one. Yeah, this, this is, is on one. Global as well. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. yeah. Everyone blow yeah. it up so Chief can retire from his next day job. Thursday. Next Thursday. And then I'm Friday. Yeah. yeah. Collateral. So, yeah. Collateral. Cool. Big banger. So they both out on Global? What's, what is yeah. yours? Yeah, yeah all, right. my, all my stuff's going on global. All right. Yeah. Cool. Big yeah, week. Yeah. Lots of data entry for Luke. Send some emails for us, mate. <laughs> we'll do. Chop, chop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're going to need to get Luke back because I think there's heaps more we can talk about with especially yeah. the Ibiza trip, but but just in general. Yeah. So expect to see a lot more of Luke and Chief, obviously. Uh, we're going to try and get some more guests on pretty soon. I think there's someone exciting coming next week. Hopefully, yeah. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything because you know what happens. People get sick or yeah, whatever. But we we do intend to have some guests coming in. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're kind of changing the way that this content goes out. In that it's probably going to be longer form, less edited. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the the podcast that I've been listening to. I'm I'm on I'm on the fence. I listen to ones that are really really, really good and really well edited and then I listen to the ones that I just listen to and it's just like I'm there in the room and I'm not sure which one I want. I like the more relaxed vibe, but that's just me. But a, but a, a bit of a combination between both. Well, in terms of manifestation, where I see this going is that we will take this to the room next door that's currently being built, which is about, oh, not exaggerating, eight times the size of this room. Easy. And it will have a more relaxed vibe uh, it, it's very much TV orientated. We'll probably be on couch. We'll be interviewing, but I'd also like to have a small select live audience. So we'd effectively invite a handful of people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can, who's can holding up the applause sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not like that. But and 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 Laugh potentially applause. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this, like, but potentially live stream it. Oh, yeah. So you know, it could be a TikTok live stream or something. Level it up. I, Increase I, the stress. Increase the stress, increase, yeah, all the single points of failure. And uh, the community engagement, I think, would be really interesting. When, when I've done other podcasts in here with other people, we've had people sitting along the back here and it does change the dynamic massively. Like massively. In a good way or a bad way? In a better way, absolutely. Yeah, increase the banter and the energy. Yeah. 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 Well, because I remember the first time someone sat in on our episode, I was like a bit, a bit nervous to begin with. But I think I've slowly settled into this whole thing as we go. Mm. But yeah, I was like, someone's watching and they're not involved but they can hear everything I'm saying it's like someone eavesdropping almost yeah you want the engagement without the distraction it's a fine fine line anyway to wrap this up thank you everybody that has been tuning in listening and following along we hope you are enjoying the the series it's just going to ramp up from here I think if you do have questions though what what we're going to try and do is make this more timely so we we sort of recorded a bunch of episodes and we've sort of been staggering them I think what we'll probably do is record the week and then release the following yep. So if you've got a question for Luke, say you're in the music industry and you want to know some some more information, question for Luke, hit us up and we'll get Luke back to answer it. And uh, yeah, the same for, for Chief and I. And uh, DM us on Insta, whatever, or YouTube comments. Yep. Cool. Yeah, well, we're holding you accountable and we're about to go respond to some comments now, aren't we? We're going to go have another coffee, respond to some comments, and then we'll see you next week. And now, your local forecast. 